someone was like, oh, you know, you should go. You'll have FOMO. And I was like, I'm not going to have a fear of missing out. I have a hope of missing out. I have homo. <laughs> That's the true homo. That is the true. A we can hope all of we can out. all be homos this year. Yeah, a hope of missing. I hope I miss that because yeah. I don't want to go. Like a red hot chili peppers reunion. Show. Homo. homo. Total homo. Total homo. And people hope are like, "How? Do, what are you saying? That's are you being derogatory towards gays?" They're like, no, no, I am being a little derogatory towards the red hot chili peppers. One hundred percent. But no. Yeah. No homo. Hope of missing out. This is an important. See what you just did there. You created a new word mm-hmm. that sounds like a slur, yes, but means something else. And that's what without even trying, yeah, you just right now created a flawless transition into the hilth this episode. History, I'd like to follow me. Welcome to part two of the F word. Now, I've never done a two-parter before, but I did have a hunch that this subject and this guest might just come together to yield a bounty of good stuff that simply could not be contained in one episode. And bam, here we are. Now, in part one, Ryan and I covered the history of profanity in general, some of the neuroscience involved. Then we did a deep dive into the origin and uses of curse words like hell. Damn, fuck. Uh, We even covered the many uses of the word dick in Russian. I know, right? Now, (laughs) ahead, we are going to dig deep into shit and spend some titillating time among the many words for our nether regions. We even dangle a toe over the present-day Mac Daddy kingpin of all forbidden speech, slurs. And spoiler alert, I do not say them, but I am going to tell you why I don't say them. Uh, It is the history of the F word and the P, C, D, N, and other F word. (laughs) Let's get started. You're chomping on your checks mix now. Are you recording? Of course. Oh my God. I'm horrified. Sweetheart, you had 20 minutes. You what? chatted with your fella on the phone the whole time, and now you think don't it's... Say, check- don't tell the listeners I have a fella. They're going to think I'm not single. I'm single as fuck. <laughs> He's so he was a fella. That was a platonic fella. Excuse me. On my podcast debut where my voice goes out all over the world, and you're going to make them think I have a fucking boyfriend and fucking cock block me internationally? Know. You're chomping on your checks, mix. I'm like, sorry. I didn't know you were that concerned with how like, you like came across. Action. I'm used to like an action, and now we've started. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, girl. Jack's Mix is so good, though, right? I'm going to wash it down real quick with more wine. (laughs) Now, my dear friend Ryan, remind our listeners, first thing I asked you in the podcast, girl, was what's your favorite curse word? And you said... Shit. Girl, I am getting into the history of shit. I'm going to deep in shit. We're going to pile the shit deeply on top of our heads. Are you prepared? I'm ready. Earth, yeah. Earth, now, we say is... we would say in Texas, shit. That's Texan. Oh, shit. Shit, yeah. So we don't know exactly when and how this glorious word shit first entered the English language. Um, one theory was that it came from an acronym of ship high in transit was stamped on bags of manure that were traveling via ship Because it was very important that these bags of manure were shipped high in transit because if they were shipped below the waterline, they could rot and condensation of water, they would uh, produce a lot of methane and blow that shit up. Really? Yeah. So manure, if, if improperly stored, can create enough methane to blow up a ship. So they would stamp on these bags and they would ship guano and various fertilizer. There's a lot of reasons why you would be shipping shit via boat. Fertilizer, yeah. Exactly. So that they would stamp these bags of shit with ship high in transit, S-H-I-T. Love that. And people very quickly then say, you know, the word shit came from this ship high in transit. And if that makes sense to me, and that's what I'm going to believe. That makes sense to me. It makes sense to me too. It does. Feels right in my heart. And like so many things that seem right and make sense in your heart have nothing to do with the actual truth of things. <laughs> oh, shit. Because the fact is, if you are a linguist and a historian, you go, no. Because who doesn't have a word for shit before there's boats and bags of manure? Like, no sailor in the history of sailoring didn't have a very good word for shit. 
long before they were like, you know, I just if only I could think of a word to describe what's been coming out of my body and every human body since human bodies have been bodies. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The the, the idea that sailors didn't have a word for this or, or that there would be sort of this word that wouldn't have transcended a universal term before it was stamped on a bag of manure is very difficult to accept. So it's a very cute story. I don't mind you perpetuating it, but I want you to know as a listener of Hilf, almost definitely not the origin of the word shit. It's kind Um, of agreed upon that that's not how that's not the probably. I mean, they're like, well, can you find origins of roots of words that are shit elsewhere? Yes. And I'm going to get into that. But if you want to just start with that. And it's like the earliest written record of the word shit. Was it before or after ships? Well, this is... Now, fuck. See, I sort of primed you with fuck where I said, there's, here's the first time we ever saw it written, this Abbott in 1528. Uh, Excuse me. That was fucking oh, rude. Oh, I can't chew my <laughs> checks, Max, but you can no. fucking belt. Well, because you're not editing this thing. I'm the one who's going to sit down with my <laughs> headphones, and I got to edit this thing, and I got to listen to you... <laughs> Tapping on the table, I guess you chomp in your checks mix. Please don't cut this. I know Gold. how to. I know how to turn my head and burp in a way that I can edit out. But you're slobbering through Remember, your talking. First time, virgin. First time, virgin <laughs> podcast, virgin. Shit doesn't have the same convenient through line that the word fuck does. All curse words are special, and they all have their own origin. What we know is that in a lot of Germanic languages, again. Depending on where you live in Europe, your roots are either Greek, Roman, Old English, Germanic, like, and then how do you select and evolve what words kind of come from all of these things? What we know is that in a lot of these Germanic languages, the sound, scheiß, S-C-H-I-I-T, skit, and scheiza, scheiza, all mean shit. And all have a real similar sound. Ski. And it's simply because it's it's not I've heard, one. I've heard it before. I'm very familiar mm. with it. Yeah, oh, I'm sure you are. And it's not. <laughs> and it doesn't follow the usual words, which is one syllable ends in a consonant. And yet it is really fun to say. Scheiße. Scheiße. Yeah. yeah. Um, we, the, one of the origins is this, uh, the Ukrainian region um, has the word ski. S-K-E-I. Ski. And the meaning of that word, which seems to sort of predate a lot of these words, is to cut off. I eat a pinch of loaf, oh, right? Oh, to cut off, oh. and it's the ski, which is of schism. Um, ski, the lots of lots of root words that tend to mean to divide, to cu- including science. Science is sk- ski sky. It has that similar sound, and science is to dissect, to cut, and examine, and look at things. So there may be a root to shit. That while it is the excrement, the feces is what we associate shit with now, part of the word that we chose to represent the feces that comes out of our body came from this root word of to pinch off, to cut off. Oh. Because of the act of shitting more than the substance of the shit itself. So in the Middle Ages, poop and shit and feces, we don't have, these words exist and they mean what they mean now, but nobody took offense to it because nobody took offense to those acts. We're all living in one room houses. Right. Girl, you know. And there wasn't indoor plumbing then, so. Yeah. So a little less discreet. (laughs) Precisely. So seeing someone lift up their clothes and take a shit was something that everyone did. And it wasn't considered rude or out of bounds or offensive to do the act. So while the word may be funny, it wasn't offensive. Flash forward to the Victorian period, the evolution of homes and society, where we expect you to do your quote unquote ugly business business behind closed doors. And if you poop or shit or fuck or pick your nose in front of me it is offensive because you should know that does done elsewhere we have rooms for that now yeah right right especially as a sign of class you lowly degenerate may be so poor that you have one room or you all poop <laughs> but we poop in private because we're rich and we have two rooms <laughs> right. right we have a place we it was a it was a luxury to simply have a place where you could fucking shit where nobody was seeing it and there was no expectation that anyone would see it and as that expectation grew with privacy and and appropriateness and the evolution of human culture so the word and the act became as distant from us 
in parallel. Was shit always, even though it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't offensive or it wasn't necessarily, uh, you know, a curse word at the time. Cause it's not, shit's one of the ones that's like, that's not a, you know, can't be like, well, fuck you. You can't be like, well, I don't know. Shit you. Shit is shit. Yeah. Doesn't, you know, like it's not a curse or a condemnation, but like, was it always colloquial? Almost definitely no. In the same way that fuck meant intercourse and shit meant feces. That's the root of the word in English as we started to use it. It it didn't become something that we felt like we shouldn't say until it became something we shouldn't see. Okay. So the word itself, whether or not it was offensive, it was just really used. It was like poop. Mm. I have to reference this thing, which may be ugly and stinky and nobody wants to touch it because of the nature of what that thing is. But I just tell you the word for it because it still exists. I'm a parent of a small child. We develop a sense of appropriateness and propriety about the business that we do in the bathroom when we're old enough to have that understanding and when we are privileged enough to have these spaces. And for the most part, you then live most of your adult life where if your gross roommate decide it takes a shit in front of you you're like gah right someone doesn't close the stall in the bathroom at the bar you're like what kind of animal and you start to really you start to really develop this like we all know that that is gross it is behind closed doors we all do it but we don't see it and we don't talk about it yeah and then you are thrust into the caregiving of a shit bag right of just this little human shit bag and not only are you in close contact with the excrement of another human being uh, in which you are the primary caregiver, but you must discuss this product with your spouse or with whoever else is caregiving this. How many times did they shit today? How does the shit look? So we may have found that in 2021, as an adult in various layers of privilege, you have the luxury of separating yourself from your own excrement and the excrement of others. But you can imagine that in the course of human history, we just cannot be very separate from these things. And so we have developed a hierarchy of words (laughs) to reference this material. Now, why it got so profane, because again, we decided quickly, we, we can be separate from these things. It is appropriate to close the door and it is appropriate not to discuss it. We didn't put the word shit into a dictionary until 1970. Oh boy. And was heavily censored. It's not allowed in scripts. It's not allowed in plays. It's not allowed. We we have to sort of piece together what's spoken word, what we hear in documentaries, what sort of recordings and letters to try to find out how people are using the word shit. One of my favorites is latrine poetry. Uh, you scrawled on the bathroom wall, right? And the 1920s. Latrine poetry. Did you make that up? No, I wish I had. That's latrine amazing. poetry. As of course, people, when they're in these private rooms, Right. doing the act are inspired to conceive of the word. And a lot of the times that we see this word originally written is not surprisingly on the walls of bathrooms because it was forbidden from virtually everywhere else. It seemed like appropriate, literally the act is appropriate within these four walls right. as is the scrawling of the word. 1928 in the bathroom in Yosemite national park. Yeah. Roses are red. Violets are blue. I took a shit here. So did you. Oh. <laughs> Shakespearean, really? I know. It's really too bad I already had my wedding vows, you know, said and done, because if only I had known. When it comes to shit, according to the linguists, there really are four metaphorical directions that explain virtually every usage in English of the word shit. Okay meaning four sort of ways of thinking about shit that encompass the ways we use it in language. So, number one, feces is unwelcome. Okay? Agreed. Get that shit away from me. (laughs) Give them shit. Right? The way we use the word is like, because shit is gross. It's really giving me shit. Yeah. Give me shit. It smells like shit. It smells like shit. Get that. And it smells like it might be a literal thing, but exactly. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. might be meaning the gas. Yes. Or the, it smells the smoke. Like shit in here. And, right. Exactly. Number two, feces is real. It is literal and unavoidable. So we use the word shit in ways in which we want to suggest real, literal, and unavoidable. The shit. You know your shit. Ah. Yes. Okay? Get your shit together. We understand when you say get your shit together. 
again, an alien, a new speaker to the language. We don't mean anything to do with your feces. No. But when we say the literal and the unavoidable, the sort of in the sense that shit is real and unavoidable. When I say get your shit together, I mean the sort of essence of you. Yeah, your life. Get your life together. Get your, get your, get your together. Get your shit worked out. Similar to fuck your shit up. That's going to fuck your shit up. It has nothing to do with your bowel. Or anal sex. And and, and again, and and even as someone who really loves anal sex. <laughs> We're both raising our hand. Yeah. you. We love anal sex and you also love the word shit. There was yes. never any flicker of misunderstanding nope. that if somebody says to you, he fucked my shit up, that you know it doesn't have anything to do with sex yeah, or I'd be your like, butt. I'd be like, he robbed you. He destroyed your things. <laughs> exactly. You, you know, I would think material. Yeah. Exactly. Now, the number three has some subcategories. So buckle up. Number three, the metaphorical direction of the word shit is feces is lowly. He dances like shit. I can't stand that shit. That lowly, disgusting stuff, right? Yes. Here's, here's the color of lowly, though. And again, where the evolution of thought and language and cursing are so fascinating. So if the metaphorical direction is feces is lowly, lowly over time evolves into humble. Where should I put this shit? You don't always mean stuff I hate. It's a humble. It's a, it's a soft. It's like a diminishing humility of the thing. I come in with all of my bags. I say, where do I put this shit? You know, I don't mean. It's a, and it's back to the it's the other explanation to fuck where there's there's a hum there's a it's an authenticity. There's like a it's there's a softening a, yeah. of the word stuff. Right. So let's just say one of the examples the author gives. If lowly equals humble, and I'm saying where where should I put this shit? It's because it would be inappropriate for me in this environment, depending on the person I'm talking to, to say, where should I put my belongings? Right. That wouldn't sound which is right. Why, which is, again, what I said before is how it's weird. And maybe it's just in my brain of how I, I kind of, it's, to me, it's a form of intimacy mm-hmm. that like, it, it's a showing of intimacy and authenticity and like letting me see you that you would not walk into a stranger's house and be like, where can I put my shit? But right. since I am your one of your BFFs. Um, That's right. I would say to a, to a person, a, a service person who is generously helping me with my bags at a hotel, where would you like my, my things? Shit. Where would you like my things? Where would you, where, where shall I put my belongings? Thank you for helping me with my stuff. Yeah. Maybe. But no, to, to the closest people, to the people you want to be appropriately right. humble to, it is where do I put this shit? So it's, a sh- it's an and intimacy it's thing. And also it's used in this way to purposefully soften something that without the qualifier of shit might make you sound elitist. For example, uh, I'm really into like opera and shit. Yeah. Because it's really important to me that you know that even though I'm talking about something that might be really highbrow or really, I want you, I'm into that shit. I just want you to know it's no big deal. Like it's a very specific usage. So from the original feces is lowly, comes this subcategory of humble okay but then lowly also equals fake are you shitting me he gave me some shit about it being illegal it's not just that it's lowly it's that it's fake it's right Right. so so we start to make these little equations third subcategory in our evolution of the word and the thought of feces being lowly is worthless it doesn't mean shit means the same thing as that means shit yeah. It doesn't mean shit and it doesn't mean shit mean exactly the same thing, which is it's worthless, right? So in the one major umbrella, which is that shit is lowly, we get it means it's humble, it means it's fake, and it means it's worthless. But then it gets so flipped on its head within that worthless category that you go, he's rich as shit. Yeah. And if you were just defining that, if you were just writing a, a, a translation of he's rich as shit, that would be a very difficult phrase to translate. Right. Because you would assume that rich as shit means poor, but it doesn't. And that is all a neurological connection to the linguistic evolution of a profane word, which is again why, as an intelligent woman who loves history, I will not back away from using the word fuck in the name of my podcast. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Support Um, that. Okay. So I said there were four metaphorical directions. That was three. Feces is lowly, but then it had all these subcategories. Right. The fourth one is feces is intense. 
who hasn't had an intense shit in their life, right? But this one is unique because it is less about the direct connection to feces and the act of shitting and is more about the evolution of cursing in general in that it's an intensifier. The way we use shit as an intensifier simply replaces curse words that were intensifiers before but have lost their luster. Consider the phrase, what if a bear comes into my campsite? In 1880, I would say run like hell. In 1950, I might say you run like shit. Hmm. And in 2021, I might say you run like fuck. I am simply using a placeholder profanity as an intensifier. Right. You yeah. understand there are some phrases that had this other word. And, and once you get there and you're using it to yell or write, you find once you're hovering over that particular curse word, it just doesn't quite have the gas you want it to push you over the yeah. Like the a, finish get your line. shit and get out of here. Where so it's more of like right, a right, and you take what your parents used to get upset about, and then you're like, eh. clean your shit up. Yeah, and you're like, clean your fucking that shit. Means up. like Ooh. not only do they want you to clean it up, they're also really annoyed and pissed off about it. <laughs> That's what that conveys. Especially Laura Ripple, who doesn't yeah. even like to use any curse words. No, no, she does. It's just goddamn. She she will curse up a storm. My mom, love you, mom. Love it. Should we very shit heavy household. <laughs> <laughs> and as for me and mine, we will use the word shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's what's yep. that's what your live laugh love is yep. above your door. Um so we have collectively you, me and Rent, we covered hell, damn, fuck, and shit. I told you at the beginning that I was gonna go to a word that even I won't say. Oh dear. And the word I will not say is the N-word. No. I won't say it. And there's a lot of reasons why I won't say it. And I wanna I want to say, I mean, this is a tricky. <laughs> Not yeah. only is this a podcast in which I freely use the word fuck, and if anyone is making a drinking game out of this episode, which I strongly recommend, um, it might seem sort of funny that, that after all of that, I will say, and yet there is this word so sacred, even I won't use it. But it also should make sense that in the context of the historiography that I discuss, I understand that there is a word that means more in 2021 than it may have meant in 1887 and that it may mean in 2041. And that's fine. Because my body and these lips and this microphone are in 2021, and those are the rules under which I will operate. The primary reason why I will not say the N-word is because it is unpleasant for me to say. Yeah. I love saying fuck. It feels fuck good. shit, yeah, cats fuck suck a motherfucker good. tits. Yep. I love it. It's fun. Not only do I like to say it, I like to see the way it affects people when I say it, even if it bothers them. Tickles me. The Tickles me The N-word is different. I have no joints. <laughs> Never. No. I don't like it, and I don't like hearing it. It, it, it hurts me, which is, why, which is the other side of the fence from curse words. It's why I understand curse words, why I understand Laura Ripple, and why I don't, uh, why I try <laughs> to not use language that truly hurts people. Yeah, I don't mind titillating you, and I don't mind making your heart beat fast and your eyes dilate, and maybe you even gasp and clutch your pearls. I don't actually want to hurt you, unless no. I do want to fucking hurt you, and then <laughs> that's yeah. a different deal. The N-word is different than these other words for me, because they bring me no joy to say, and they give no titillating joy to other people when I say them, so it, it doesn't feel the same. I really even struggle because I know and I've heard and I've read and I understand that even to say the n-word is a bit of an offense because what it does is place in your brain a placeholder for what the n-word represents which means I'm sort of making you say the n-word in your own brain which is almost more offensive than me just saying it in your ears right. because you have to write it but here we are we're in an episode about cursing right <laughs> so now the author for whatever it's worth um john mccorder of nine nasty words is an african-american man and when he gets to the n-word in the book he uh, accentuates that he is a linguist and a black man and an american citizen and he uh, explains that he understands that people say some people can say it some people can't and he knows that he can maybe navigate spaces with the words that other people can't in certain appropriate spaces and he he explains how he feels about it versus how society feels about it and really at the end of the day it comes up to where i am which is it's not my word yep i can say cunt and bitch all day some other people can't <laughs> you yeah. know um my dad can call himself a redneck uh, mm -hmm. Arguably, I can call myself a faggot. Correct. Right? Exactly. So I will uh, uh, henceforth sort of 
as a, a white woman speaking from the position I am, I'm going to discuss this word without using the word, and now you know why. It is, however, sticky. Even to say, I don't use it, is sticky, right? Right. Because why not? I mean, if you're going to go back to George Carlin, and, and if I'm, as a stand-up comedian, going to go back to what I said in this first episode about why are there all these stupid words we can't use, then why don't I use this word? Why am I backing off this word? And I, I tried to tell you why. It may be incomplete, and other people may come to other conclusions. But here we are. In many ways, the N-word has more in common with goddamn than it does with others in the sense that it solicits and elicits a condemnation that is bigger than you from an entity that is bigger than you. You don't know what you're summoning there. Right. Right? You are meddling with a power uh, uh, that is beyond you. Right. But it, it also gives me an empathy to my friend Maggie and to other people who do shiver every time I use the word fuck because it affects them in much the way that the N-word affects me and many others. Um, but here's why it's sticky. In 1968, James Baldwin, on the Dick Cavett show said, I am not your N-word. Okay, in 2019, they made a documentary about James Baldwin, and the title of that documentary is I Am Not Your Negro. That is a 2019-1968. One of the things it shows you is one of the ways in which the N-word sort of evolved. To that point, and in the course of that conversation, a white literature professor at a university, her name is Lori Sheck, wanted to discuss why James Baldwin's original quote was, I am not your N-word, and the documentary in 2019 changed it to, I am not your Negro. She's a, she's a literature professor, and she wanted to discuss what had happened to this word, and is it fair? One of the questions she asked is, is it fair to James Baldwin? That out of respect, they changed his word. He chose that word himself on TV in 1968, and who are we in 2019 to edit him, to right. censor him for our own benefit? Again, she was a white professor asking this question of an audience, and a white student took such objection to this, she was almost fired. Is that what we want for an English professor who is bringing James Baldwin and the, and the literature of James Baldwin into this predominantly white class to discuss not only issues of race, but issues and, and the circumstances in which we use these words, to be censored by another white person saying this word is too offensive for us to discuss. Now we can't talk about James. It was a very controversial moment. Yeah. But we all know this word is sharp and hot. It felt like it was less sharp and less hot. Like something happened kind of within our lifetimes where it could cancel you. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the states. Well, that's what you're saying. And like you said before, of like, well, you know, in 45 years from now, you know, things may be different, but I'm operating by the rules of 2021. And in 2021, that word does not leave my mouth. New. If you, if you want to know if, if Dawn said cunt, 100% I said cunt. If you're like, can you believe there were kids around? Absolutely. I guarantee you, I uttered some inappropriate word around a bunch of kids and a bunch of people that I shouldn't have, and everyone was very offended. Absolutely correct. I will never, ever deny that it happened. If anyone ever said I used the N, I'd be like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Why did the N-word get so particularly hot in our lifetime? And are we imagining that it's the temperature on this word has been turned up? Absolutely not. We The, no. the temperature on this word has absolutely been turned up. If you want to know when it went from like, totally not okay, probably not cool, to like, uh-uh. It appears the linguistic history can bring us back to the O.J. Simpson trial. Whether we were consciously aware of it or not, in 1995, a huge part of the O.J. Simpson trial was the uh, accusations of racism to the LAPD, which very valid. They used the ways and the frequency in which the LAPD officers used the N-word as court-defined proof that they were racist. The case was built on the fact that they used this word, therefore, they were racist, therefore, you have to acquit O.J. Simpson. I mean, that was the, the clear line in so many ways of the defense. We absorbed that trial in such a fundamental way that it appears that we really absorbed the gravity of the N-word and what using the N-word means and how serious it is in the course of that O.J. Simpson trial, because how we right. used it before and how we used it after are marked. Um, 
But then also after that, it got real hot with O.J. Simpson, but then it got hotter with rap and hip hop when we got the um, boom of rap and hip hop. We And by the boom, I don't just mean people creating it and listening to it because people creating it and listening to it had happened long before it became mainstream, but it got into the Grammys. Yeah. And was entering the mainstream around the same time, kind of the and late now it's 90s. like arguably sonically the dominant Which is exactly musical genre. The point. Correct. If young white people who fell in love with this music and fell in love with these lyrics and are using it in a, in a way that they are hearing it said, it can't be judged in the same way as a 74-year-old guy who grew up in Jim Crow. Right? Right. So he argues that... When you find young people absorbing this mainstream music, saying these lyrics, what we found is we're on the cusp of a new evolution of a word. Why your mom gets hot with goddamn, but you don't care. Why I'm hot with the N-word, maybe my daughter won't care as much because her peers and she will absorb it differently. And I'll bring her around the table and be like, you just can't use it in front of me because it makes me crazy. And I understand that you have a different relationship with the word because of culture, but you need to know that my relationship with this word is still George Floyd. Ooh. Hey, you're still with me. Man, I could I could have just done the history of the F word and been done with it. But whoop, there I was, wading around with a forbidden word deep into some of the most tumultuous cultural and political waters there are today. <sighs> Fucking A. I'm really glad you're along. This is a great conversation, and I, of course, intend no offense. But if offense was taken and you want to correct, enlighten, or otherwise discourse with me, do it. Reach out. I'm nice for a while. <laughs> and you can find me on Instagram at HilfPodcast or via email HilfPodcast at gmail.com. Many of you have reached out. And it is a joy, truly, to hear from you. Uh, I also love it when you... Um, you mentioned another big, hot, sharp word that you use that others can't, which is... Faggot. I'm not going to use that word either. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those words that was so ubiquitous in the 80s. I think I, I would be hard-pressed to find an 80s comedy. I'm even talking about PG teen... 80s comedy that doesn't use that f word oh with, with yeah. no issue no it's it's i feel like it's very recently um and i mean recently just just in the sense that like when i was in high school it was very regularly thrown around all the time oh stupid you know oh faggot no oh, you look like faggot faggot super gay faggot you know it was just it was very ubiquitous at the time mm-hmm. um and it's very recently become a like I know that when I have deployed it as a stand up or just in conversation when I have deployed it comedically mm-hmm. boy do like the straight people in the room like Ooh, like it they pucker there's, up there's a visible there's a visible physical reaction that happens mm-hmm. so you know I've even had friends that are like Ryan you know, and it's generally straight. It's always the straight people that virtues. I don't. You, and and I know and believe me. I know that the intention behind what they're saying is good. But I don't need you to virtue signal. I don't need you to police when I can and cannot say that word about myself because I've been through enough where I've earned the right to deploy that word comedically. And I'm like, I've been called it enough in my life. <laughs> that I think I've earned the right to call myself it certainly, or just that I've earned the right to like, I have earned the right to take the power back for myself because it's been deployed enough as a weapon against me that I at least have the right to disarm that weapon. And that is when we talked about the various ways of cursing offenses against God, offenses against the body, offenses against group of groups of people in the form of a slur This is what makes this particular kind of cursing so unique because similarly to what you're describing, often we have found in our modern language, the group of people who have found that word to be used against them in pain have taken that word, turn it around, own it, use it as a badge of pride, use it as a way quickly to identify themselves within that group. It's, It's almost like the oppressor hands you a tool of community in the same way that you've described that I walk in and be like, these bitches. Yeah. I love you sluts. 
that is simultaneously puts my arms around you and includes myself in you in a way that without the profanity and without the profanity used first as a, as a word of oppression may not have been so effective. Does that make sense? Right. Um, now, the, the anatomy of that particular word, the F word, one of the ways we first thought you, which is ironically something um, that you brought me to, which is the show Grey's Anatomy. I was pregnant. Oh. I was pregnant and so sober. And all I did was knit and watch television. And um, <laughs> Ryan brought me to Grey's Anatomy after many, yes, many, many years. You're welcome. You're welcome. And, um, we'll, and you try also... again with, we'll try again with Gilmore Girls in the future. Oh, She's I not a fan. Couldn't, couldn't We're hacking away for Gilmore Girls, y'all. I, I'm trying, I know. I'm, I I'm holding the torch for I, us he tried, both. How many? I watched three whole episodes <laughs> and was like, I don't get it. Um, but Grey's Anatomy I loved. And as you pointed out, because I didn't know a lot of the like behind the scenes drama, the but I was coming into these episodes, like obviously years after they had been out and the people had consumed all of the pop culture uh, stuff around them. An actor, Isaiah Washington, is fired from the show Grey's Anatomy when on a particular episode behind the scenes, he called T.R. Knight the F word. Yeah. I don't know if he was fired. I think he, I could be very wrong. Um, but there definitely were seasons. He stayed on for a couple. I don't know if he was fired, but I do know, I think just like kind of culturally, Career-wise, Hollywood-wise, continuing to book job-wise, I think that he was effectively canceled. He was effectively canceled before we had the word canceled. There does seem to be, and again, this was through the nine nasty words, like this is John McHorter's history, the line between Isaiah Washington's exit from Grey's Anatomy and subsequently the the Hollywood scene in general can be drawn directly to the day he called TR Knight the F word. It also, however, shines a light on a sort of reoccurring theme within the world of this style of cursing, this uh, slur, saying something derogatory about a group of people that seems to come back to how we leverage these cancellations against black people. Even though I started with the N word, Isaiah Washington was essentially cut off for using the F word against a, a, a gay colleague. Dave Chappelle talks about the ire that he has drawn for his conversations about trans people. The I'm not going to answer the question here. I'm just saying it is a question that continually seems to be risen, which is who can use these words against whom, right? You have to be within the community uh, under which that that word is usually leveraged against in order to use it with impunity. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, but being a marginalized group does not give you license to use another no. <laughs> slur against another group, right? No, 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 no. What is the definition of the F word? Well, origi- you know? originally its origin is, I mean, was in... How, if you were to do look we up say a British dictionary. culture? <laughs> <laughs> do do Brits have a culture? If you were to look up British this word culture, in the dictionary, what would it tell you? It's a it? cigarette. You know, if, uh, it's an old school British slang colloquialism for a cigarette, right? Yes, but it's older than that. Oh, oh sticks. Correct. Sticks. A, a bu- pile of sticks. That's um, a is bundle like of a, sticks. Is a colloquialism for a pile of sticks. Yes. Because I feel like when I heard the word, it was for a cigarette when I was 18 and traveling in Europe. And everyone would be like, do you want a fag? And I'd be like, Bruh. <laughs> where? <laughs> where? Sort of like shiver up your spine as an American. Be like, oh. Yeah. Um, and they, oh, you know, it's just a bundle of sticks. It, it seems to be kind of where it came from. It's not a cigarette, it's a bundle of sticks. And then I remember a, a, a gay man telling me that the reason why that word is so offensive even though it means cigarette and bundle of sticks is because they would burn gay people at the stake so gay men became synonymous with a bundle of sticks because that's where you put them to burn them oh and i remember being very struck by it's a very striking thing to hear jesus that you would equate a human being with their method of execution yeah it turns out linguistically in the history that is not entirely yeah, true i've never and heard yet, that before and yet it, it, it does show us where derogatory language comes from. Originally, the bundle of sticks to the F word we understand today first comes with first using it as a derogatory term for women. <laughs> because often the line that will 
degrade a gay man starts as a derogatory term for women or a woman's genitalia, and then it morphs into gay men. So a bundle of sticks was a straw man, a, a thing, a thing that you just used. So if you were going to call someone a bundle of sticks, it was a woman. She's just a bundle of sticks, this thing I used to fuck. Oh, right? okay. So if you were going to use the bundle of sticks analogy for a person for a century, it was a derogatory term for a woman you just be fucking. Then it evolved to mean gay men in that it is a stand-in for a woman. It is this human body that is just a bag of sticks. Just not... A bundle of guys swinging their sticks around. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Something like that. But just a sexual object, right? Yeah. But usually if you're going to find a word that refers to gay men, the evolution of that word usually starts with that word is used to define something that is soft and weak. Right. Then it is used to describe a woman. Mm. Then it is used to describe a gay man. Um, the examples are pussy and bitch and the F word right. fall right in line. The only exception as a, as a profanity that is used most often leveraged against gay men that didn't first start with women is cocksucker. Yeah. If you use the word cocksucker, you mean a man. Right. <laughs> and the, the implication is he's the kind quote unquote of man who sucks cock right which i mean up until very recently and i would stay i would say that's that's like that's still something you might hear like thrown out by some old white dude in texas it's still relatively like well he didn't say faggot <laughs> he did say cox he did say you're such you know which because it is it's meant in a derogatory way it's meant condescending under the understanding that being a cocksucker is a bad thing it's meant as an insult Mm-hmm. Whereas now, I mean, of, co- of course I have taken back the power. I stand in front of rooms full of strangers and talk about sucking dick all the time. <laughs> you know, I like, I have zero problem with that, but I feel, I don't know why there's not, Cop there's a lot of, there's also- a lot, there's not a lot of venom in that one anymore. Mm-hmm. I feel like there has been an evolution with cocksucker where, I don't know, no one, no one's really talked about that as like a cancelable word. I don't think if like a recording got released of like the rock being like that guy's a fucking cocksucker. I don't know if he'd be canceled. I think we'd be like, uh, that's not very nice. It's offensive. It's profane, but you would have to get into a somewhat elitist intellectual debate. Like we're having to, to draw the line to degrading a certain group of people by which time we will have moved on long from there. But the F word, we has solidly landed in a place. Cocksucker also has, the unique element that you and I talked about at the beginning, which is the form and shape and way it feels to say a word. Cocksucker. Yeah, it's, it's the CK. And and why your uncle, who may or may not have any homophobia, would hammer his thumb in the garage and go, cocksucker. Yeah. Right, or this cocksucking thing. Yeah. Like, it, it is so fun to say, and it, and it has just sort of a lowercase italics cursing to it, that it might trigger that, right side of your brain curse word that is just it makes your eyes dilate and your heart beat fast and it gets my pain threshold yeah, up. Yeah, the first thing Whereas that pops up. It's I'm not hammering knee, my thumb. Jerk. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not hammering my thumb accidentally and yelling the F word. No. <laughs> because it is so associated. Well, that's what's, what's so interesting. Like my mom growing up, like my grandpa, my not the, what was the word, Ryan? Fuck. My, <laughs> her husband, my grandpa, who was also one of the most brilliant men that I know was very like prone to ang when he was angry his it was god god damn it mm-hmm. so it was like it's funny how it's kind of like he threw it out all mm-hmm. the time mm-hmm. angry god damn it like it's a it's yeah. a very but i feel like it's a very generational like you don't hear you don't hear a 19 year old being like hammering his thumb and saying god Damn it. Like, that's not a thing. It would that's be a like very a... unique culture. They they would have to have been raised in a very unique culture because when we do hear it now in 2021, people who back off words like God damn it and hell, it sounds very strange to us. It sounds like a Ned Flanders, a Mitt Romney. One of the things Mitt Romney, 100%. when he was running for president that he was continually ridiculed for was the gosh and the gollies and the gall darns, which are all replacements for God. Gall darn. He would say, you know, I mean, you know. Golly. In Texas, it's golly. Golly. Well, golly. Gosh darn. And like, and even the term turning. So if the original curse was 
by eternal damnation. That would be your curse. If you put your hand up in 500 AD and you said eternal damnation, someone would be like, oh, right? You have called God to give me. The lightning would strike. We started to adjust because we didn't want to say that because we knew how harsh that was. So the adjustments are tarnation. Hmm. Darn. What in these are exactly these are where some of these like adjustments and and, and abbreviations of these things come from because we start to see it and then as in the instantaneous way that our brain and our mouth are connected that we go gosh and um and so because I do too I find that because I try very hard not to use the big the big ones around my daughter that I have started throwing out god damn it. Really? Because it just yeah. doesn't seem like that big of a deal to me, but I still got to say it, and then I see. I her. feel like I've. I feel like, and I could. I. I'm, I feel like there will be mail about this, but I feel like I've heard it on, like, Kate, like, uh, network television. Like, definitely, you have night. damn hell got definitely. God damn! And all of a sudden, things- they can just drop it on like ABC after eight o'clock, and I was like, "Whoa! Did I just hear? God damn it! On ABC." If you recall, I talked about the Carlin Supreme Court and yeah. that they just they said, yes, you can regulate speech that is um, obscene, but not indecent. Just that it's indecent can't be the threshold under which you censor it because then we wouldn't be able to have all of these interesting, important political journalistic conversations until 10 p.m. Uh-huh. Because the idea is the kids are asleep. So you can show side boob and you can say goddamn after 10 p.m. Okay. That's I'm not crazy. crazy. No, you're not crazy. Those were real laws. Um, now, my dear friend Ryan. Yes. We have gone through some really fucking fantastic profanity history, if I'm not mistaken. I'm going to give you just a couple of honorable mentions before we sign off because I, I don't have time to go too deep into them, but they're just so fucking interesting. One of them is um, pussy. Pussy, we all it's know. A delicious word. Uh, and that, it's you a would, delicious you don't know word. shit about the, know, how delicious pussy is. <laughs> well, we know. Here's one of the interesting things about pussy. Pussy is first a cat, the creature known as a feline a pussy cat. cat, a pussy cat. That we then equated it to females makes sense. It was a sweet thing that you're soft and fuzzy and adorable, and I love you, and I want to carry you around. Come and give me then that, that pussy. you take, then that you take. <laughs> And this is often what happens with with women and the degrading of women is that you start with a word that refers to the whole woman. Ah. And very quickly, the word just refers to her genitals because that's all we actually give a shit about, right? Right. So a pussy, a pussy cat. I love to hold her. I love to kiss her. I love to keep her around me. I love to fuck her. Like pussy just suddenly becomes (laughs) the thing that I'm actually fucking talking. You know, I don't want to hold her hand. You know what I'm talking about when I say my girl's like a pussy and it just immediately goes there. What's interesting is that it's in a couple different languages. They've had this same evolution. French, the word for cat is chat. Okay. And it's the same word they use as profanity for a woman's pussy. Pussy. Okay. So some language, we had the same sort of psychological evolution, which is like, oh, cats are so soft and sweet. You want to hold them on your lap? You know what else is hot and sweet? And I like to hold on my lap. And they just immediately, <laughs> like, it, just, it doesn't seem to be contained in language. We just go there. But the sound, pussy, doesn't follow the one syllable with a hard consonant at the end. All right. We're so while it is a profane, lowbrow word for a woman and for a woman's genitals, it doesn't ever seem mean. It's de- lowly, but it's not mean. If you want to hurt a woman, if you want to use something that is a hurtful word that generally means a woman's reproductive organs, what's the one syllable word that ends in a consonant that you choose instead? Uh... You well, you're a big you will th- you throw around the cunt word. There it is. You're like she's a ah oh, fucking cunt. Cunt. Fucking cunt. Pussy. Yeah. Is kind of sweet and alluring. Even it's it, a pussy, the a word pussy, itself, pussy. pussy it's it's sweet and even and we know because that's how it came. So it's 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 naughty because it is eventually leading you to a woman's genitals. So it's sort of like. But we're, again, but that's but what we're saying. But if you're trying to hurt, the, the, like with shit. And with pussy, with its shit, pussy, mm-hmm. or k- cunt, cunt, fuck. Yeah. And again, if I'm, what I'm trying to do is make your heart beat fast, your eyes dilate, and your vein pop out, and you're ready to do something. I it's want a you, k- 
you there's like there's a sound that mm-hmm. it like catches people's yeah. attention and feels looking, very aggressive if you were looking at a lady a couple stools down at the bar and you want her to stand up so you can punch her in the fucking mouth I would never do that. You look at her and you say, <laughs> "You could do that." I could never and if you do go, that. "Hey, you pussy," she'd probably be like, "I'm sorry, what?" But if you say, "Hey, you cunt," that bitch is up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're gonna you're gonna get what you what you came after. Um, well, Ryan, we have uh, exhausted, exhausted the research that I have done on the history of cursing. Do you feel like you need to like confess or absolve or bathe or shower? Do you feel like you can hang with these words? I feel like as long as I acknowledge his power and as long as I've educated myself, then if that gives me more authority to toss them around willy nilly. Now that's a word I don't like to hear. <laughs> I don't. I, I, I'm going to be, you know what I'm going to, the only thing I'm going to beep out in this, the only thing I'm going to beep out in this whole episode is willy nilly. How dare you? How dare you? I have standards. <laughs> um, oh, my friend Ryan, it has been a fucking delight. Oh, blast. And I'm so grateful. Listen, I love you. I'll never censor you, girl. I love you too. man that was a lot of fucking fun (laughs) thanks to ryan a podcast virgin no more and of all of our dear listeners i'd like to take this moment to especially thank my mom Liana, oh mama, so much naughty language you've endured in two episodes worth. Oh, God, Dawn. I know, I know. I I, I owe your ears a spa day. (laughs) Um, If you aren't my mom, but you still love me, you can prove it by going to wherever you listen to subscribe, rate, and review. It makes us feel so good, but it also tells the bean counters to put us at the cool kids table. Really appreciate it. And we'll see you again in two weeks when I sit down with television's own Wayne Wilderson. Television's own? Does that seem too broad? Well, go look him up on IMDb and you'll see this guy has been on everything. From The Office to Grey's Anatomy to Modern Family. He was even the bundle of grapes for the Fruit of the Loom commercials for years. He's hilarious. Very, very fun. And he assigned me the history of cinnamon and the spice trade. Oh, it is a savory trip we take together and you will want to join us. Till then, remember, history's a party and everybody's coming. <laughs>